0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queer and Dumb. I am Tom Wallamies. I am certifiably dumb.
1: Does that make me Jamie McDonald certifiably queer? Yes. Uh, Do you have actual proof that you're queer? Like a a video? Oh, now you're talking about blackmail, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say I have a card somewhere, but (laughs) maybe it got lost in the wash or something.
0: Yeah. So there's no... A legal definition that someone is like a gay or a lesbian or is there paperwork ever?
1: Okay, I can think of one place where, yes, and that is in these these situations where you have somebody who is, for instance, a refugee. Okay. And they, if they are a refugee because they would be persecuted in their home country because of their queer status, they've had to often try to prove that they are gay.
0: It sounds like a task.
1: Yeah, well, I do remember that there was, I mean, the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police at one point, had a gay test.
0: What is a gay test for the Uh, mounted?
1: It involved, um, (laughs) I guess, electrodes of some kind, some kind of medical device actually attached to your genitals and they showed you porn. Holy shit. It was bonkers. But What about donating blood? Oh, that's in the news now, right? In Finland, at least.
0: Uh, yeah, because there's uh, long been a thing where you cannot donate blood if you're gay. So, is there a list of gay people somewhere who are unable to donate blood, or how does that uh, work?
1: I think that's just self-reporting. Okay, uh, if you say that you're a man who has sex with men, yeah, then you can't. You haven't been able to donate blood.
0: But you said it was in the news.
1: Yeah, it was in the news because they've now lifted the uh, restriction here in Finland.
0: Okay, so gay people are allowed to donate. Gay men. Uh, gay men.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other queer people have been allowed to. I still can't remember if I'm actually allowed to because I thought that because I dose with testosterone that that would be some kind of a problem. But so you have like a super blood. I have super average blood. Like Kryptonian level. No, no. no they no. literally keep my numbers smack dab in the middle of the uh, so-called like natural male range. Yeah. So... Like, you cannot drink my blood and then go do powerlifting. That's not that's not how that works.
0: <laughs> so your uh, superpower is being extremely average.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Okay. That's what you're going for. I do know a guy who's trans and who donates blood, but on the other hand, he's straight. So I think the restriction for me is still that having sex with men.
0: So you're trans and you're gay. Yeah. Okay. What other things are you? Canadian. Canadian. Hey, uh, let's start the episode <laughs> with Pink News. Uh, pink News is a news aggregate site uh, with the LGBTQIA plus news. And the first news is Cork's favorite uh, LGBTQ plus bar removes pride flags and cancels drag performances because of students. Yeah. This is the week around the world where students uh, who just started a uh, university uh, get drunk and bars have uh, specific deals with them. So this one bar that has a 17-year history uh, with uh, queer people, just they took out the queer posters and then they canceled the drag performances. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel? Is this uh, good?
1: This is nuts. It doesn't make any sense. There must be something else behind it, like when I see this kind of news, because... So if Chambers has been queer-friendly bar or even close to a gay bar, like gay bar adjacent for a decade and a half plus, and then all of a sudden because of a, a fresher's week, yeah, they take down – it doesn't make sense. It's such also, a minor reason. Also, a lot of students, new students are also gay. Like it's not like you go to university and then become gay. <laughs> There's not a course. <laughs> yeah. Some of them arrive at university already queer. Uh, you did. Actually, debatable.
0: Debatable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, from a, I'm a business graduate, so one of the evil people. I'm a bachelor of science in economics and business administration, and this makes uh, no sense since you want to repeat business. <laughs> is, unless you're some incredibly touristy place where the customers change all the time, like on London, Oxford Street or something. Modern business relations are repeat business. Right. So for Freshers Week, you don't abandon a 17 year old. I don't understand this in any, any way.
1: I don't either because this doesn't seem to make any economic sense, as you say. And I think I feel like I would have to go on Twitter and dig as to who thought that that would be a good idea and why. When Pink News picks it up, then you're going to get an awful lot of, like, feedback from the international queer community who have never been to Cork and are never going to go to Cork. But anyway, are mad about there being one gay bar less, which they don't even say it's one gay bar less. Like, maybe they just actually did a renovation. Maybe they just were cleaning up some stuff. Maybe the pride flags were dusty. I don't know. Is it wrong
0: to be mad about this if you're not in Cork and you're never going to go?
1: I think – as a queer person, I'm kind of entitled to be mad anytime I want. Yeah. So. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem nice to me. The bar, what the bar did. Yeah, what the bar did, yeah. Yeah, it's not great. I'm not going to go to Cork. As a queer, you want to know what's happening everywhere because it's sort of, a, you know, you're a canary in a coal mine.
0: A canary in the coal mine that means that uh, it's a sign of something bigger coming. Yeah. So if this bar... After 17 years of cooperation just abandons yeah. uh, the gays, it means that uh, others might do so as well.
1: Right. And if you see like two or three doing that, then you go, OK, hang on. What the heck is happening? What could it be? Uh, is,
0: there, is there a new – do you know anything about Ireland? Is there like a rising anti-LGBT?
1: Actually, as far as I know, Ireland is fairly friendly. But they're
0: Catholic. Are the Catholics not the biggest fans of the LGBT?
1: I think the straight Catholics can be a little troublesome. But on the other hand, when it comes to the religious people, it's often the people who are religious but not actually working in the religion who are kind of have more problem with queer people.
0: We should do an episode just on religion. Yes, we should. But uh, is Catholic the worst kind of... uh mainstream christianity for the gays not for me not I don't for think you so no i don't think so is protestant worse or Lutheran? oh protestants
1: all right uh, lutherans all right everybody's fairly lackadaisical in those religions it's very uh as long as you're doing something kind of to better yourself but not too much then you're okay i think for me i'm a little worried about uh, baptists
0: what Separates Baptists from like the Lutheran or the Orthodox or the
1: just that for me the Baptists were the most nutty <laughs> when okay. I was in high school. I in Canada uh, the Baptists yeah, were yeah 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 yeah. they were different. Are they, they were the more most culty. devout of the Christians? They were more culty. Like I ended up going to a youth group because I went to a church youth group that was for you from a United Church and my and I grew up Presbyterian, so very like Scottish. My mom was Lutheran because of Finland, right? So, very Protestant upbringing. And then there were a bunch of cool Baptist kids at the school, or at least kids who were like, hey, you should come to our youth group. And I'm like, "Uh, I like a youth group, I'll go. And by the end of the night, they'd had me signing some kind of contract where I was, (laughs) yeah, where I was uh, accepting Jesus into my heart. I'm like, I don't seem to remember there needing to be any kind of contract in my usual church. And then also they did this thing where they... An
0: actual contract.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. And then they also did this thing where they were all in a circle at the beginning of the evening. And the guy brought a chair, an empty chair, into the middle of the room yeah. and said, this empty chair represents Brenda. Brenda hasn't been here for a few weeks. <laughs> we just, we hope that she's... You know, if you see her at school, if you see her at the mall, just say that we love her and we miss her and we hope she's coming back. Brenda
0: has had the best two weeks of her entire life. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And at, at that moment, I was like, "I am not joining this place. <laughs> this place is fucked up." So, and and actually, I really don't even know how uh, bad they were about about queer people, but they were sort of strict about Jesus and about Puritanism a little bit. They were a bit prudish to begin with. So, even just you know, straight heterosexual sexuality kind of overt and something that was really kind of
0: free the most important question to determine how puritan they were did any of their men have long hair
1: oh i don't remember
0: since if they don't that's usually quite strict
1: and it was grunge so if nobody had long hair and it was grunge period then that's definitely something
0: You went there and they immediately put the – so they're trying to Jesus you on a first date. Yeah, pretty much. You don't Jesus people on a first date. No,
1: no. You get like the nice minister who says, "Ah, you know, Jesus doesn't matter, but let's talk about how you're feeling. Yeah, (laughs) And then, you know, the psychoanalysis kind of Protestant style. So that's our greetings to Cork.
0: You should find Jesus. Second – news from uh, pink news halo fans stand uh, with uh, lgbt gamers after streamers anti-trans post since there is a streamer popular female uh, streamer and uh, she has events casual events they're not sort of tournament games they're sort of games where you just level up your characters in halo just have fun and they're women's nights they are women's events right She said that trans women are not welcome, and the reason is religion. The reason she said that uh, uh, God created male and female in his image. Which is a wonderful sentence. It's a phenomenal sentence. That's an awesome, awesome sentence. God created male and female in his image.
1: That's a trans sentence. God is very trans.
0: God is considerably
1: trans. God is extremely trans.
0: (laughs) Official opinion of queer and dumb, God is
1: extremely trans. And also non-binary. Non-binary as well. How do you feel about this? I don't know esports that well. I got to say, I'm occasionally on Twitch and I watch some things on Twitch, but most of it is way too annoying for me to watch it in any considerable length of time. And I also don't find like, Watching people play video games, if they're not people I know, then I somehow don't really get into that that much. So I don't know this, like, what's it, Magic Moonshine or something. I would watch somebody like H Bomber Guy.
0: Oh, he's great, the Scottish guy. Yeah. H Bomber is a Scottish uh, streamer and YouTube video maker who uh, did uh, a stream for trans rights. Yeah, it a was a lot like, of money for trans rights. Was
1: Donkey Kong for something like 30 hours or something. He got a special. Some
0: kind of award from the Scottish Parliament. Really? For playing Donkey Kong.
1: Amazing. I was tuned in for a while. Chuck Tingle was on. (laughs) Chuck Tingle came on the stream. Oh, cool. Who is Chuck Tingle? Chuck Tingle is the author who writes Tinglers. Titles can be anything, and they're always responses to whatever's happening politically, and they're always very porny titles, and they're also very silly, and Chuck is very neurodivergent I think he's autistic and he's on the spectrum yeah or he would say autistic I believe but he can crank out these pulp fiction novels that have titles like pounded in the butt by European inflation (laughs) (laughs) that's uh,
0: sexonomics
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) but he came on the stream and his voice was a little bit masked and everything of course because I think he's he's anonymous and then the other person who was on, I think, no, no, I'm I'm going to be high. I th- I, I, want to say that Anita Sarkeesian was going to be on that as well. AOC. AOC, that's right. AOC
0: came on at a point where uh, H-Bomber was trying to find some secret room in the Donkey Kong. Yeah. And he just couldn't. He'd been 10 minutes going around the same level. And the first thing that uh, H-Bomber uh, asked AOC was, do you know where the secret room is? Yeah. And AOC was just like, sorry, it's not in my wheelhouse. I just just do, like,
1: politics. If she had answered that correctly, (laughs) her bid for president would be in the bag immediately because that would have turned so many people. Donkey Kong vote. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, talking about the streamers.
0: Should we out this person, this uh, female uh, Christian streamer? It's in Pink News. Anyone can find it. The name she uses is Magic Moonshot. That's a very happy little streamer name. It is the <laughs> streamers; they have their happy, happy little things. But basically, the thing about this uh, news item is that the community is not having it. The Good. community is fighting back. Right. Have you? S- you said you're not much into esports. Is this news to you that
1: esports are not transphobic? No, mostly because of H Bomber Guy. Yep, but also. I know enough about esports to know that the number of trans people represented in esports is probably higher than in a lot of other sports yes. for various reasons. I would think, yeah. I've seen news for a long time that, you know, somebody has a trans person on their team or whatever, and some people in the community go, oh, no, you can't have this. And then the community basically going like, shut the fuck up. We've had this person around for ages and it never mattered.
0: Esports has a reputation for there being these toxic teenage guys. Oh, there's
1: that too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I'm guessing what we're talking about, the tournament players are like twenty or something.
1: I assume so. And I assume also that even though I know there's like there's kind of like there's two sort of there's different worlds in gaming. Like and this is why I when I play, I don't want to play anything with strangers because I just don't want to fall into either one of these kind of pits. Uh, a lot of people have a clan, so yeah. they know who they play with. But it seems like either you fall into the worst locker room of 12-year-olds, or you end up in some kind of, like, cool space where people are generally being all right. But people are quite terrible when they're online gaming. They just— they kind of let loose in a way that they wouldn't talk about like that in that in that way if they were actually in front of the other person
0: there's a study that says that if you're alone on the internet like you're alone in your room and you're on the internet your blood pressure goes up (laughs) and there's also a study that says that if you have a dog next to you your blood pressure goes down right so the answer is obvious
1: you should only
0: get your internet connection with a dog yeah
1: this is this is how it should be
0: Hey, let's get to the topic. Okay. (laughs) We can do that. Queer representation in film and television. All right. What was the first ever queer representation in film and TV that you remember? Was it a children's show or?
1: Okay. I remember from my young days. I remember Tootsie. The movie Tootsie. The movie Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. Yes. I loved that film. <laughs> like it would show up on television, I'd be like, yeah, this is a great film." My parents were like, "Why are you watching that?" I'm like, "This is awesome." Ah, Klinger. What's Klinger? Klinger from Mash. The character Klinger from Mash.
0: The Mash, the most the popular
1: TV series in its time. Channel forty three out of Cleveland used to play Transformers, and I think like Inspector Gadget. And then right after that, they played Mash because it was. Cool enough to kind of hook me in in the first couple of minutes. As like a seven or eight year old, I watched Mash all like religiously. Just waiting for a scene with Klinger. Yep. No. No. Just watching. I. I mean, I had a massive crush on Al, uh, Alan Alda. As like a straight eight, man. Yes. Yeah. As an eight year old, I don't yeah. know. Very very leftist crush for a kid. Because I mean, <laughs> my mum, my mum's a nurse. You know, they're all in medicals, and they're all half of them are nurses. And so I was like, okay, this is what my mom does all day. Were it wasn't like, quite the same, but
0: <laughs> we're like, uh, I want to go to the Korean War.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I was like, that's what I want to do when I'm older.
0: That's the message
1: any kid should get. I, I want to go to a war. That show was based and really uh, political. They were pretty good with their messaging. I think, like, I I know that I picked up actually quite a lot of it even as a kid.
0: Could you open that a bit? Since the image I have is that the old shows. Old shows, old movies are mostly terrible when it comes to their messaging. There are a few differences. How can MASH be based if it was popular in an era that was quite conservative?
1: We shouldn't also see some of these eras as being necessarily more conservative than today, although, okay, the 70s and 80s. Klinger is a crossdresser who is working in the field hospital in the Korean War, and he's from Toledo. He is cross-dressing solely for the reason that he wants to get discharged from the army, and he thinks that if he cross-dresses enough, he will be seen as not of sound mind, and he will be sent home away from the war. You know, that's not a great (laughs) LGBT representation. It's it's not... It's meant to be something that plays on the mental illness. There's a lot of things on in play there. Yeah. And then you have characters like Hot Lips Houlihan and she's seen as, you know, the hot one there and of course the the sexist jokes and and all of that. But there was an awful lot of material that was about the way that government handles war, the way that people who are in charge of the war aren't actually seeing what's going on on the ground because it's a hospital, they never want to get patients and they're also going to treat people who are on either side of the war. If they happen to get a patient who's not an American, they've got the Hippocratic Oath, they're going to treat them. The whole thing was very anti-war, and it was, it was like an ideal sort of situation to criticize the war machinery. But in terms of sexism and queer representation or jokes about queer people, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that much better.
0: When it comes to the army, hospitals are a bit different. Like, for example, army has a strict hierarchy with the ranks, Yeah. except when it comes to medicine. A lowly combat medic can tell a lieutenant to just fuck off.
1: I think that's how it probably should be.
0: Yes. So I can see they're showing the Korean War from a point of view that's not that pro-military.
1: Yeah, no, it's not, pro, it's not necessarily pro-military, and it's very snarky. Oh. No. Yeah, it's very good. Did you never watch it?
0: I might have seen one episode or something. Korean War was not that interesting to the Finns.
1: I didn't actually learn much about the Korean War at all from that show. Okay. I mostly learned about interpersonal relationships when people are in a situation that they hate. We watched quite a bit of the
0: Vietnam War movies. Those are for some reason on our TV. I don't know why we care about Vietnam more than Korean War. We're silly with our... Uh, preferences of different American stuff. But about, you said, Klinger was Mm -hmm. trying to get discharged. Yeah, yeah. I was in the military in 99 when I was 19 years old. You never know whether a rumor is true, but we heard that people from the other company, I was in the bazooka company, like a bazooka guy. Oh, really? Yes, yes. (laughs) So (laughs) now I watch the Ukrainian... Uh, videos where the Bazooka guys are shooting the tanks, yeah. and I'm like, "Go, my team!" Go oh my no,
1: team. that's like me watching hockey. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always rooting for the goalies, like both because goalies. you were a goalie, yeah, yeah basically. So I, I just, get
0: that. I'm just like, "Go, Bazooka guy, yeah, go!" Yeah. Anyway, we heard that the the Pioneer Company, the pioneers, they like blow up bridges and stuff like that. So the two guys get discharged for uh, having sex with each other in the toilet, uh, the bathroom. And quite a few of us was thinking whether this could be faked. Like, uh, who would you do this? Since we all hated being in the military. Right. And, but you got to do it. Like, all you got to do is fuck a guy.
1: That's <laughs> – I bet a lot of people had a real – they stayed up many, many hours wondering, could I?
0: I was thinking, Yeah. Well, what do I need to do? Who do I need to get to see this? Does there have to be a lieutenant or something? So, Regardless, I can see where Klinger is coming from. Was there anything in a kid's show that you saw a character might have had some shades of trans or other queer? Order?
1: It was really popular to have the girl tomboy trope. I mean, you get that in Pippi Longstocking, which I thought Pippi Longstocking was amazing. Because she was so strong. She's lifting cars and stuff. And I'm like, that's that's basically me. Is that, <laughs> to have a tomboy, is that like queer coded? Yeah, 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 completely, completely. From a
0: straight point of view, that sounds odd. Since I've, I've always seen the tomboy women as having the same chance of being straight as anyone else. Are they on average more gay or trans or...
1: From what I, from the, whatever, just my life experience with tomboy culture, I think tomboys are not necessarily gay, not necessarily straight. It doesn't really, yeah, it's not a a really big indication.
0: So that's why I'm wondering whether it's queer coded to be.
1: But it's super queer coded for the reason that it is an image that you can get of a girl who doesn't behave in the way that a girl is expected to behave. And the tomboy is actually a really interesting trope because tomboys have been accepted and even like a kind of a standard part about kids stories and even grown up stories for a really long time. It's been a long time that you're allowed to have like a whole cast and then one of the characters happens to be a tomboy so she can hang out with the boys and she can talk a certain way and she can act a certain way and it helps the story or it helps the group cohesion or something like that. But Unfortunately, it didn't really work the other way that when you get the boy who likes to wear dresses or likes to uh, act in uh, a girly way, then that boy was not really allowed to be in the story. Because, Why? Because it's it's somehow seen as okay for a girl to be boyish, but it's never been seen, even now, it's much harder for a little boy who is feminine.
0: We have patriarchy. So guys are in charge. You have way more world leaders who are men and so on and so on, like CEOs. We have patriarchy. How come in patriarchy there's less of different roles for men than women? Like you think if the ones who are in charge would give them more leeway. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? I would do that. If I was in charge, I'd be like, Tommy can do whatever.
1: I guess. But if you're all in charge in a certain kind of way, then – If anybody deviates from that, it could kind of blow the whole thing apart, right?
0: Ah. So you need cohesion. I'm wondering why do you need cohesion among the young men, but you don't need a similar cohesion among the young women?
1: It's a good question. I'm not sure if the tomboy is just kind of one little blip in that. Because there is massive pressure to conform to a certain thing as a young girl, absolutely. But the tomboy is like the escape button. You can either conform to uh, the standards of girl, which are, you know, very Barbie, basically. Or there's this other box you can take over here instead. And if you just go full into that one, you're fine. Ellen Ripley. Yeah. She's a tomboy. That character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's driving a forklift, yeah.
0: (laughs) No one has any problem with that. I haven't heard a single, even the most conservative guy is not going to go like, oh, damn, those alien movies, that Ellen Ripley should be weaker. I've never heard that.
1: No, because she's hot. Yeah, but you can't have
0: an alien movie that would do the other thing.
1: No. Oh, I mean, if you think about somebody, somebody who kind of did that who was mostly straight would be somebody like David Bowie. Yeah. Right. So in the glam rock, you've got this unusually feminine coded man who is anyway hot and desirable and also people who are men and women who like they want to be like him. Well, what's with the
0: the queer coded and the queers and the androgyny? Can you open the What do you what do
1: you mean by that? Like what's a Is it more
0: acceptable for a queer person to look androgynous than it is for a straight person, do you think?
1: I don't think it's necessarily more acceptable either way. Whether it's acceptable or not to look androgynous depends on where you are. In most places androgyny is actually not that big of a problem. People can kind of handle it like it's not it's not the end of the world. I would say that androgyny tends to go towards being queer coded, like not everybody who's androgynous is queer. So that's fine. Androgyny is like this visual signal that shows like, you know, it's a person who is out in the world and they are not conforming to the standards of the masculinity or the femininity that they are supposed to. Are they a threat to the people in power? If we're going to talk like critical theory, I would say yes. Yes, they are. But on the kind of the daily, you know, walking down the street basis. Is it a threat? It's not really.
0: Okay, let's go back to your uh, youth. What uh, movies and film come up that yeah, have and, had an up. effect? You didn't always know that you're trans.
1: No, no, I couldn't have known because nobody was talking about it. So, uh, because when I was a kid, if I saw trans people, they were on Jerry Springer. So again, freaks. Yeah, it was the fre- freak. It was the yeah. freak show, definitely. Although, to be fair, uh, a lot of those women were very fierce and very, like, adamant about their own self-worth. And they were doing their best to go out and just be visible. And a lot of them were doing some really heavy lifting there. Came off about... Are you saying Jerry Springer is based? No, not Jerry Springer. But the people who were on his show were really trying their best to... They were trying their best to just be. And to be themselves without... Without having to apologize for it, that was pretty excellent, pretty awesome to see. But you never saw trans men. See what happens really often, especially in like the, the '70s, the '80s, uh, and even before that. Trans men have a much higher propensity to transition and then disappear. How the testosterone tends to work pretty well for many trans men at this point. Like when you, if you transition in the '60s, the '70s. It was a legal requirement that you would have to change your job, change your name, change the town you lived in. This is in the States. <laughs> what? Yeah, you you literally had to had uh, disappear to dis- from your This a witness
0: life. protection program. It
1: was basically like that. Yeah. Because basically <laughs> probably like nobody around you would be able to handle the double think of like I knew you before and now I know you now and now my head's gonna explode. What does that thing say about me? It was a legal requirement you had to disappear. So trans people used to be very good at disappearing. It was either that, like, if you think that you can transition and then transition to the point where you pass to the point that nobody will guess, then you should go for it. And if you don't think you can make it, then don't try. How do you know beforehand
0: whether you'll be one of the ones who pass? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. How
1: well do you pass? I pass very well.
0: So people rarely see that uh, in birth. Yeah, you.
1: yeah. Unless I give them a reason to suspect it, hit them with a purse. Uh, <laughs>
0: I apologize. Have
1: I ever had one of those? If I had one, if I had one, I just put a brick in it. Uh,
0: okay, I, I apologize too. No, it uh, was a good one.
1: Yeah. I think uh, that I'll just I'll just re- regroup for one one second because that was funny. If people know who I am, okay then. Then they already know, right? If people don't know, the thing that I often do is uh, I'm wearing earrings that are dangly, or I'm wearing particular kinds of clothing that at least signify that I'm queer. So you give people a chance, <laughs> yes. Which is really weird because uh, you know when I first transitioned, it was I used to dress very conservatively as like a very conservative guy, very norm core kind of guy, and the reason for that was that I wanted to be able to blend in and to pass. Once I started to pass, I realized, I don't like passing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, I'm I'm so comfortable with people looking at me and going, whoa, what's that? I needed to retain a little bit of that. To get attention. Maybe it's something like that. Honestly. We are
0: performers. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, yeah, who knows where that whole thing comes from. But I mean, I've been, since I was late teens... I've been mistaken for a guy on the street all the time just based on what I happen to be wearing or my habitus or whatever.
0: Way before you had any idea that you want to transition into a man, people would think that you're a man. Yes. Is this common among trans men?
1: I really don't know. I think it happens with some people. But I used to get really bummed about it because then people thought I was a lesbian. And I, I was never a lesbian and I tried a couple times, but I I just wasn't one. And so when people would mistake me for a lesbian, it made me sad because I'm like, okay, I'm dressing like I want to dress and I feel like I want to feel, but obviously I'm giving off this signal that says I want to have sex with women, which is not true. So how am I on earth, how on earth am I going to find a man to have sex with when everybody looks at me and just sees lesbian?
0: I don't know any person that has that problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was... yeah. So was,
0: you're fairly alone with that problem. That was my struggle, yeah. Most people, pretty much everyone I know, people can figure out who they want to have sex with, whether they're gay or straight or...
1: That's why I, I really love these characters. And there's also characters who are, you know, tomboys who are straight. And they're cool characters. Ellen, Ellen Ripley. Right. Yeah. And they're really cool because they are desirable by the people who you know, they wish they were desirable by, but they also don't have to compromise on how they want to behave and how they want to look.
0: I was born in 1980, so I'm trying to think back to queer representation that I saw. Yeah. The big ones in the 90s when I wasn't a kid anymore so I could understand something was first two films by Jonathan Dem. First is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Where there is uh, a trans-coded uh, a terrible person, the main bad guy. And then was Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> which is the opposite. It has a sympathetic gay people. So those two films by Jonathan Demme. And then at the end of the millennium was uh, Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into those three movies.
1: The Triumvirate. Yes. Yeah.
0: What's your experience with
1: those? I saw Silence of the Lambs when I was in high school. Loved it. What a f- I mean, what an awesome film.
0: Phenomenal, phenomenal film. You didn't mind the bad guy?
1: I had a completely different attitude towards the bad guy at that point. I was properly horrified by the bad guy. And it didn't occur to me at that point to say, hey, that's not an appropriate source of horror, you know?
0: You were just scared.
1: Yeah. The guy was, Buffalo Bill, is it? Creepy as fuck. Super creepy. Great villain, not actually trans, which they also no? say They say in the film. Like, Anthony Hopkins' character says that he thinks he's transsexual, but he's not. So another person
0: is saying that this bad guy thinks they're trans, but they're not. That's a fairly few levels of not okay. I,
1: yeah, but it also is kind of weird because it's sort of like a saving kernel in the film because it's that this person is is murderous and is sick. They think that they're transsexual, but the transsexuality has nothing to do with them being murderous. Ah, true. I mean, the depiction is bad, of course. The film is an amazing film. There's so many people who saw it and got whatever they got out of it.
0: The history with Jonathan Demme was purely and only making these fluffy, nice family dramas (laughs) before that. No. And then he makes... Just about the best, one of the best horror terror movies yeah. there's ever been. So he had an outsider's view of, Yeah. he wasn't one of those people who'd been making slasher movies for 10 years. And
1: plus you've got Jodie Foster in the film, yes. who is queer. True. I mean, to me, that's just another level of like the queer involvement. When did she come that. out? Oh, I mean, it must've been after Ellen, but yeah. <laughs> so ni- late nineties, something like that. Of course, like, now, now if I go back and, like, you know, I watch her and I listen to her, I, there, there are certain telltale signs even that I'm like, oh, yeah, not surprising at all. But she's got the vocal inflections.
0: What are the vocal
1: inflections of a queer woman? Ellen's got them. This is white American. I don't know. There's a certain kind of—there's no way that I'm going to be able to replicate this, also because I've been accused of having it myself. There's a certain kind of—a little bit of a toughness in the voice— that almost sounds a little bit fabricated. I I don't know how better to explain it to you, but there's a different way of using the voice that is a little bit of a, maybe it's a bit of a rejection of the overly girly way to use it. I
0: was thinking if it's assertiveness, but I know a lot of straight women who are really assertive.
1: No, there's something literally in the sounds that are made. It's almost like a tiny, tiny accent. There's the same thing with, with gay guys as well and apparently the gay one I would it, and understand really, it's but it's really a no. thing even uh, I saw a documentary on it that was super interesting they were questioning like is this a learned behavior or is this somehow innate and it, there is genuinely a correlation between homosexuality and having this particular vocal style also that there are people who have tried to train it out of themselves etc for whatever reason but it seems to be something that you develop, and then there it is. (laughs) Some gay men have campiness
0: in their behavior. Is that nature or nurture?
1: That's the big question, also with trans people, is that, did we start out this way, or did we kind of get made this way? So, Jonathan Demme, maker of
0: sweet family movies, makes this horrible, horrible movie, and then people tell him that the trans-coded person being the bad guy, is not nice.
1: No, it's not on.
0: Since minorities are shown as being the people who make the crime, especially in that time, in that era, when statistically that is not true. They do not make more crimes than people who are not minorities, but they are more often the target of a crime. Yeah. So the media was painting it backwards. Oh, that never happens. (laughs) So Jonathan then was told that, and he was like, okay, I'll get on it. And he made Philadelphia, which is a sympathetic portrayal of uh, a gay man with AIDS in a time where you didn't have that. Yeah. It's
1: Tom Hanks dating Antonio Banderas. That's hot. Yes. I think I'm straight, and I think that's hot. I don't know if it's hot. It's, it was it was very exciting to me as a teenager. I, that was a film that I went to see on my own, which I never did. Like, But I was... I don't know, 16, 17, went to the cinema to see it on my own. Didn't tell anybody I was going to go see it because, I don't know, I was like worried that people might think I was gay. I don't know. It was a gay movie. so how How
0: big a part of your childhood and teenage years was being worried about people thinking you're gay? Was that a conscious thought?
1: It, it was a conscious thought whenever other people brought it up. It never really... Like in junior high or high school? or Yeah, if somebody wanted to like make fun of me on that basis, then I would say, okay, I have to do something so that people won't make fun of me because of that. If somebody who I liked didn't like me because they thought I was gay, then I would want to do something about that. Or if somebody would just make an offhand comment, then I would notice it, maybe not want to change anything about it. You know, like somebody would say, oh, you'd look more girly if you would do this, or why don't you wear a dress or something? And I would go like, that's noted. Julie <laughs> <laughs> noted. Thank you for your input. <laughs> I will not be making any changes. Thanks for
0: participating in <laughs> our survey. Yeah.
1: So, seeing Philadelphia by
0: yourself in the cinema and watching Philadelphia nowadays, how did you feel? How do you feel?
1: Did you see it in the, in the cinemas? No. I
0: saw it. When it was on TV when I was like 16, i guess. Yeah. Great movie. We didn't have the AIDS panic here in Finland in the 80s and 90s. Nowhere near as big as it was in the States. Right. So it was hard to understand what is such a big deal about a person being uh, deathly ill. Why, are, why is everyone treating them like a leper who's going right. to spread it? Right. Like you're not going to fuck him. So what... Are, why are you scared? Why right, were like the mid, Americans
1: mid mid eighties at least people weren't sure how it was communicated. I remember reading a story of a couple of men with h i v who were going to be interviewed for like national radio or whatever, and the sound people only agreed to do it if the guys had to mic up themselves, they had to do it in a separate room and then they had to like take off the mic themselves and then after they burned the microphones good lord yeah
0: and there was the clause of no sex
1: yeah yeah that that too as well so did did it actually have an effect on what you thought about people about aids or hiv
0: yes i'd seen them before as tragic victims but now i also saw them as uh, humans yeah. So that's what the movie does.: That's what you, the
1: whole point of that movie is. Yeah, so they're
0: not just tragic victims where I weep for them, but also I get to see them with their family, where they're just making jokes yeah. with their cousins and everyone's completely relaxed. Yeah So this person's an actual human.:
1: Yeah, but at the same time, like back then, half of my engagement with HIV would have been just telling AIDS jokes or repeating the AIDS jokes that were you know, going around school. And then somebody may be saying that those jokes jokes aren't appropriate or maybe some of them are bad. But just like hearing them, like every single day there were, you know, AIDS jokes in the classroom. So you were an edgelord. I don't remember how edgelordy I was. I know I was among edgelords. <laughs> there were edgelords in the room. And I'm pretty sure that I didn't tell any of them that that wasn't okay. I probably wanted to be like the edgelords. What did you feel
0: watching Philadelphia?
1: Probably about the same as you that I... I hadn't had any direct contact with anybody with HIV at that point and not very much direct contact with anybody that I knew of who was gay, aside from like a whole bunch of my friends who were basically about to come out. But I definitely saw the film as, can I watch gay media? Can I watch a story like this? Is it okay to be interested in gay people? I also knew it was going to be this very sentimental it is a bit sentimental it, yes. and, and this is very kind of emotional ride through one gay man's story with Fates and I wanted to see it for that but I also wanted to see it because I wanted to watch some gay film and this is really ironic to see that like it's, it's fucking Tom Hanks that's not he's not a gay icon and he's never going to be I don't know how he got cast in that but he was very popular at the time wasn't well, he? But Wasn't he good in the role? Well, he was did, good. Did he pass off as gay to you? I mean, obviously, if half of my friends were about to come out, I wasn't very good at spotting gay people. (laughs) It's interesting that you gave yourself the
0: permission to go and see a gay film since uh, at that point you were a young uh, woman. Yeah. But you had to give permission to yourself to see sentimentality and uh, maybe cry or something.
1: Yeah, something. I don't know exactly. There was so little vocabulary to describe in more specific terms, what a kind of gender identity or what a sexuality would be at that point, that most of it was just kind of free-floating and weird.
0: That's so odd to me that you have to spend time not knowing what is going on. What is this thing? What, what is this world? What are these feelings? Yeah,
1: a really long time with that. And I think that's pretty common for a lot of people in different situations. But also, I almost miss the nebulousness. Because back then, in the 80s, you were looking at somebody like Richard O'Brien who did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Or if you're looking at Boy George or Grace Jones, Iggy Pop. A lot of the ways that people who were messing around with gender in kind of pop culture... The way that they would talk about their gender was very individual to them. They would just say, I'm this and this and I'm this and I'm this and this is this. And everybody go like, oh, my God, you're so fabulous. New York. And that would be kind of how the discourse went. But you couldn't really go to high school and be like, I am man and I am woman and I am both and neither. I'm also a minor deity. And people would be just shut the fuck up, you know, and do my homework. Grace Jones was given more leeway due to being famous. Yeah, absolutely. And an you artist. Could, yeah, you could be a famous artist and be androgynous and be very desired. And then if you were, if you kind of put on those airs, even though you might be as a kid just trying to figure out where, what way of thinking about yourself makes sense. Moving
0: on from the famous gay icon Tom Hanks. Right. <laughs> the next movie in the triumvirate. Yeah. How
1: did that... Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. That's a very interesting film to react to now. I think I actually started watching the first 10, 15 minutes of it recently again. And it's a very different watch. It's really different. At the time, I was like 22, 23 years old. I'd never seen even so much as an image of a transgender man in the first place. So I saw Boys Don't Cry... I watched it 20 times, and I would fast-forward all the shitty bits. The violence that is encountered
0: by the main Yeah, which
1: means you you actually have to fast-forward quite a lot of it. Because it is the story of Brandon Tina, and it's what happened to him. And I cannot believe the, uh, the insane amount of guts that that guy had to be living stealth where he was living at the time. That just tells you, like, he didn't really have a choice. He wanted to live the way he wanted to live, and that's that. When I saw it, I was just absolutely, mostly fascinated with the way that Hilary Swank transformed.
0: Like an actor's ability.
1: Yeah. Hilary Swank, a straight woman. Yeah, actually, I think so. But what's really incredible, like, when when she was on screen and she was playing Brandon Tina, you've seen the film, right? Yes, do you look at the character on the screen? Do you see a man or a woman? I don't no
0: because i also I know a lot of actors, yeah, and actors are so good. yeah, I know these good looking men, yeah, because actors are quite often good looking. I know good looking men who can play the part of an alpha and the part of a complete loser and pass.
1: Yeah, that's horrible, isn't it? What that's so insane! Just, like, how can someone that makes that me so could, jealous, man? <laughs> how can someone that good-looking
0: pass off as the sort of person where you're thinking like they must never have had sex? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just small things that they do with their poster, mm-hmm. and they can sort of make their face ugly with yeah.
1: extremely small things. Yeah, it's almost like being tense in the wrong areas of your face yes. is a bad look.
0: <laughs> so you suddenly you just lose your high cheekbones. Yeah. It's
1: completely insane.
0: <laughs> they can do that. They're so good. So when I'm watching the movie, yeah, I'm just like, she is phenomenal. But yeah. I'm not thinking whether that person is a man or a. Probably one of the reasons why straight white male is sort of the norm. Right. So the way a straight white male walks. To me, is the way a human walks.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly in cinema as well. Yes. Yeah.
0: So when Hilary uh, Swank changed the way of uh, walking, yeah, so that this guy that she is portraying, yeah. because men walk this a different way, then yeah. I don't notice it. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, this uh,
1: actor is walking like a human. <laughs>
0: So Uh, that's the whole point of this podcast. I'm the dumb one. I don't notice things. (laughs) You notice things.
1: I remember looking at the portrayal and just almost like my eyes just going crazy all over her face, like looking like I see a guy. I, I can see it. Like it was all this weird kind of magical thing. Like I can see it there. And that's a really strange kind of feeling to have. And I was very fascinated by it. But it almost was fascinating in the sense of like I'm watching a work of art that is going to take me forever to unpack. Something you just become like kind of obsessed with. I didn't know why. So, so you weren't wondering, why am I watching this movie 20 no, times? No, I was not. Are, are, you're the dumb one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some sense, I think I knew as well that there was a part of me that was very similar. So I saw that kind of look and that kind of behavior, and I would think, oh, that's something that I think part of me would like to do, or that's something that I kind of think about in a very nebulous sort of way. And it just, it's not so much I think about it, it's I kind of feel about it. And then the weird thing was that what happened, of course, I I saw in that film that because Brandon Tina uh, was a straight guy, as far as I know. And that means that the kind of, for me, that went that okay, that you knew you liked girls, and then you realized no, I, I want to be a boy who likes girls, and then so I'm a straight man. And then for me, the the idea of being a trans man was tied up first and foremost with lesbianism. So if I wasn't even lesbian at all, then how could I possibly be a trans man?
0: You can't be a trans man since you're interested in men. In men, yes. How on earth did you finally figure it out?
1: I met one. Oh, you met one. Yes.
0: <laughs> this is. I am this. Yeah. You see, did you just point at the guy? I am. I am this.
1: I am. I, I, uh, I think I also. St- chose to repress the insight for a while but I was very mind-blown is like you can do that really yeah that is allowed <laughs> yeah exactly oh this is a, the very you know suburban middle class white upbringing is that you know what kind what kind of things are we allowed to do with our gender which is so dumb as well and then you get into the, the way that trans people have been for a long time, is that if you can be a complete man or a complete woman, to say nothing of, like, the whole huge space that can be non-binary aside from just that, but if you can be a complete man or complete woman, like, go ahead. I guess we'll let you do it. This idea that, like, what are you allowed to do? Are you allowed—you're not allowed to occupy a space that's in between. You're not confused. You're just middle class. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to get the country wrong, uh, uh, even though I might. I believe it might have been Iran. Iran. Where homosexuality between men has been legally and socially a problem. But it one of their solutions has been that if one partner of a homosexual couple transitions to female, then it's a straight relationship.
0: That's one of the examples... Where if you pile enough problems on top of each other, you accidentally get one based
1: fact. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's nuts that you know what you're allowed to do with sexuality is so important there that you could you would be allowed to mess with gender in order to conform to the sexuality.
0: Ali Yahangiri, your yeah. previous podcast partner, you did. <laughs> About 50 episodes of podcast with
1: him before replacing him with
0: me, you traitor. In cold blood. In cold blood. Ali Jahangiri from Iran told me this. Mm -hmm. So if it's wrong, I blame Ali. He said that uh, it's not gay to pitch, but it's gay to receive. Yeah, yeah. Is this elsewhere as well?
1: Hang on, hang on. Did Ali say this in, in his own personal sort of philosophy, or as one that he? He said
0: that this is how it is seen yeah. in yeah. Iran.
1: Yeah, we could maybe unpack that. Cause like, so yeah. if he,
0: if you are the one delivering, yeah, yeah. But then, if you're the one receiving, then you're gay.
1: But that has been a distinction made for men who have sex with men since the ancient Greeks, and also it's part of the culture in the Anglosphere, in Britain, and in... There was the word, um, uh, there's pervert and invert were two of the the words used to describe homosexual men or men who have sex Never heard this. An invert would have been a man who has inherently feminine traits, and this would have been the person who's the bottom. It was seen that the invert was somebody who was kind of incurably homosexual, They can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. The pervert, on the other hand, who is the top, is somebody who is an opportunist.
0: If a guy can get it somewhere, (laughs) he just can't get it.
1: Yeah. I think it's odd. It's crazy to me to imagine because I think of like two men in a relationship potentially as two men who are in love. Yes, And maybe they have various zones of equality going on in their relationship, but the idea that you could, like, even define the sexuality as, like, one of you can't help it and one of you is just, ah, (laughs) whatever— (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's not that different from like 1950s definition of a straight suburban marriage in what way that the guy is just like oh i guess i'll 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 be here as the provider and, oh and yeah the, the woman is like oh, i cannot help my girliness it's sort of a not sure if that is a good comparison but it just sounds sort of that you would see in a comedy movie yeah the yeah. sort of roles yeah that the guy is like uh, looking at elsewhere. Like the guy is the opportunist, yeah. looking elsewhere. Oh, where can I get more? Se- oh, there's a fancy woman. Yeah. And then the woman in the relationship is like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, there was this idea that if you were a pervert, you could potentially be helped. Okay. Out of your out of your perversion.
0: But an invert is just like. An invert
1: is a lost cause.
0: History of psychology and gender studies and everything is a bit of a wild ride.
1: Yeah, and it's funny too how we had quite a lot of information at some point and then you know a, a bunch of literal Nazis burned all those books.
0: The Germans of the 20s did quite a lot of base research <laughs> on this thing. So uh, movies, the ending of Ace Ventura and uh, the, the movie oh, The bad. Crying Game oh, yeah, and The Vomit. What's with The Vomiting? I don't know. Uh, what's up with straight men? I don't think we particularly vomit a lot.
1: But apparently when a man, when a straight guy discovers that uh, a woman he is interested in is potentially trans, this causes breakfast to go? Of all the things a straight
0: guy would be surprised to see, a penis. I see one every day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why why would I be like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. How does that work? Is it like a pipe? (laughs) I mean, obviously, to be serious, it's just the, uh, it's the fragility. It's the, whole, it's the whole abjection, the whole question of that this person is deviant in some way. I now have a huge shock because I've discovered that I am, in fact, deviant by association because I was interested and who am I and what does it mean about me and who's going to come after me with sticks now? Because they're afraid of punishment from patriarchy.
0: This thing where a trans woman would uh, trick yeah. a man—I'm guessing it doesn't
1: happen. No, no. It not really. Even in the Crying Game, you yeah. know, while he's off in the bathroom, she says, "I thought you knew." So she wasn't trying to. No, uh, she wasn't trying. She was like, "I." Th-, she was like, she was sure that he knew. What is this? Because she didn't want that reaction either.
0: Yeah. Now, who would want? What is this fear of being tricked? Uh, I'm asking you about the straight men.
1: Yeah, yeah. I it's it's a made up panic. I mean, this goes back to Shakespeare. If we talk about media representation, there's uh, the film, the films, the the plays, As You Like It and Twelfth Night, both include some an actor who is the character is a woman who is pretending to be an, uh, a man, yep. usually to escape marriage from some with some jackass so she's in hiding from her father so marriage was the shakespearean era equivalent of the army yeah basically yeah so she yeah it's, it's the army for women or the army for women yeah. basically is is marriage so uh, she'd be running away and then and then of course she runs into this some guy that she's very much actually in love with herself and so she they, there are these wonderful like vaguely homoerotic scenes where you have a character who is a woman pretending to be a man, then wooing a man, but in in the sense of trying to buddy-buddy up to him as well, because that's the only way like she can kind of get close to him, but she's also trying to... And then she realizes that she can't get in his pants because he thinks that she's a guy and all this. It's it's all a mess. Those those were, (laughs) not surprisingly, my favorite plays. This question of, oh, you didn't know it was this or that, and then you're tricked into some kind of like a sexual situation. It shows up in, in comedy all the time. Comedy plays the,
0: with expectation. Yeah, exactly. And one expectation is
1: the gender. Then in that sense that it's funny that if somebody who is usually attracted to women is tricked into declaring love for a man that when this person thinks that that person is a woman... The comedy there is in the expectation. It's in the foolishness of that character.
0: Well, what does the Marilyn Monroe movie? Some find it. Uh, Some like it hot. Some like it hot. Yeah, yeah. That's a big part of the movie. Yeah, Huge yeah, absolutely. Part.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's all and it's all just hijinks about like how foolish how foolish can you make somebody look because they can't they don't realize that somebody is not what they say they are.
0: The last lines of Some Like It Hot yeah. is this guy's been trying. To hit on a man who's been dressed yeah. as a woman, yeah. and at the end, the the man who's dressed as a woman was trying to get away from this guy. Yeah. So at the end, he takes off the the wig and everything and shows and look, I'm a I'm, I'm a, a guy. Man. I'm a man. And then the, the guy who's been trying to to hit her says, uh, uh, "Nobody's perfect."
1: Yeah, and it's that's the, the best.
0: That those are the last lines. It's the greatest. So I was trying to figure. What is going on here? Like, as a kid, I didn't realize. Then, as an adult, I'm like, okay, so he's gay, or uh, what? What is that? What is that? I ending think like? it's
1: just an awesome ending because it's like it, it, he's are saying it doesn't matter.
0: So he's uh, game for whatever. Yeah, he's huh.
1: he's DTF.
0: Yeah, he just likes the energy of this person. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And the charisma. And, yeah, it's good. It's, it's not about the gender.
1: Yeah, it's a good. That's a good ending. That's a. It's a musical too called Sugar that uh, we did in my high school. Oh. Yeah, I was in the band. I wasn't on stage. What, what does Sugar uh, have the same thing? Sugar's the name of the character. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. That is the kind of the more conventional love interest.
0: Conventional, okay. Yeah.
1: So, movies,
0: we've been talking about well, characters. Right. We've been talking about, like, uh, the character that Hilary Swank plays. But about actors. I'm thinking uh, Zachary uh, Quinto. Yeah. He had a phenomenal career, like, first a TV star in Heroes as the main bad guy with a redemption arc and stuff. And then in Star Wars, people were blown away. Star Trek. Uh, then yeah. in Star Trek, people were blown away. By far the most convincing uh, portrayal in the movie was how he did Spock.
1: He's an awesome Spock. Awesome. No
0: one else did their character quite as well. Uh, Sulu was good. I yeah. think uh, Sulu was good. I didn't really by captain kirk yeah They're a bit too different even yeah. though the character so anyway he's the breakout star yeah of the movie so in 2012 i'd say he came out right. and the reason zachary came out was that he'd read one too many article of a teenager gay person committing suicide yeah so he was like look there are us you can succeed and everything yeah. And the entire Hollywood just patted him on the back. That is so brave. That is yeah. so good. And his career just died. He got to do one more Star Trek, and now he's doing bit parts on TV. So yeah. you, you can't be a gay actor. Well, What is
1: this? Because somehow straight executives and straight producers, they think that if the audience knows you're gay. They won't believe you as a straight character, and therefore they won't be able to enjoy the performance or something. If
0: I saw Zachary Quinto play your typical straight lead,
1: I wouldn't care. I know you wouldn't care. But does my tribe care maybe? Either that or there's the fear that it will because also this is tied up with a lot of advertising money. You know, they don't take certain kinds of risks. Also, Ellen DeGeneres, her career, like, died. What was it? After 97 when she came out? Yeah, in her
0: popular show.
1: Yeah. So she... That show was basically axed. And then she grew another show. (laughs) So somehow
0: she got on the other side of it. This didn't happen to Zachary Quinto. Not yet, at least. Not yet, yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit of a while.
1: Who who else is like, who else is like. uh, The
0: Bros movie cast a lot of people who have earlier on come out and they all had their careers killed. Really? So the Bros movie. (laughs) Yeah had just an endless array of great queer acting talent who were basically unemployed after coming out. Wild. So it's like a collection of... Did you... The Bros movie... I I, I didn't see it. I'm just reading
1: about it. I didn't, I didn't watch it either, no. Uh-huh. Not yet. But I'm trying to think of also... There are lots of people who are working, for instance, in musicals. You know, it'll be really interesting to see if somebody wants to cast Elliot Page in a conventionally cis role and if elliot wants to play one of those roles because elliot is getting a lot of good attention for transitioning in public which is not a really easy thing to do he's doing his best and also he's got he's got an awful lot of support so he's very lucky in that sense i'm very interested to see what kind of acting roles he's going to get he is phenomenal is anybody going to put him in like tom cruise type roles
0: yeah, put uh, on the cockpit of a plane. Yeah, for yeah. instance,
1: because Elliot is uh, hes going to be, like, he's kind of a small guy. Yeah. So is Tom Cruise. Is any producer going to go and think that, yes, our audience is going to believe that this is the guy?
0: If, slightly off topic, if Elliot Page started doing stuff like Tom Cruise, the, all the death-defying stunts would have a different vibe to them.
1: What 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 do you mean? Like what? Like,
0: uh, because people are talking about is Tom Cruise trying to commit suicide by oh. doing all the stunts? <laughs> <laughs> it, would be like, it would be different with at least yeah. uh, tra- uh, it's Elliot, okay?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Is he doing all right? Yeah.
0: A fairly popular conspiracy theory is that the Church of Scientology, since they extract confessions from their members, that they have something on Tom Cruise, and that's why he's doing all the death. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> and, um, I love it. People are looking at Elliot Page to see where does he go from here.
1: Yeah, I think regular your your regular cis straight guy will look at Tom Cruise in something like Mission Impossible, or look at the Born Identity, yes. the Born the series. Who's that? That's um, Matt Damon. That's Matt Damon, and they will look at that kind of image of masculinity as something that sort of belongs to them, something that's like a fantasy level enjoyable. In its own way, then I think that they would they would see Elliot Page in the same role, and they wouldn't connect. They would have difficulty connecting with him. They would be like, oh, this guy doesn't. This guy isn't the same kind of guy as me." Whereas, like, they're not the same kind of guy as Matt Damon. They're not. No. <laughs> Only Matt Damon is Matt Damon. The whole the, and the character of Matthew Bourne and everything is is that's a that's a totally made up thing as well very 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 few people on the planet are anything like that at all yeah but for some reason we will look at uh, a cisgender character who is a fantasy level and go like okay they identify with this but then if there's something different about the actor then oh i, I can't identify with, with, with this. straight men
0: have no problem identifying with a straight man on the screen who is unfathomably skilled yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> to a degree where they surpass how physics work.
1: It's kind of like oh, you see Brad Pitt and Benedict Cumberbatch, and you're like, I'm I'm basically both of those. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, this topic will return. Oh no! Since if we're gonna do 500 episodes or whatever, we'll uh, return the topics. Oh god! But this was our uh, queer. Yeah, why you're, not? you're so excited about our podcast. Oh god!
1: 500 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my life by then? Every two weeks from now to forever. Nice. By then, I want to have seen Elliot Page in a completely badass role.
0: Yes, he would do phenomenal. Like, I would want to see an action movie. Yeah. So we have a new ending segment. Oh no! Yeah. And this is called Upsetero. Oh, that's you guys. So an upsetero is a hero who is unreasonably hilariously upset about lgbtqia+ stuff we're going to nominate one every episode and no one is safe <laughs> so basically uh, i might be one if i do something stupid I'll, enough I'll do, I'll do my best so uh, an upsetero can be a topical one or we can have a classical upsetero i'm guessing the 1500s might have had some fairly fairly good <laughs> candidates for but this one is a topical a Republican uh, activist. So I'll read this from uh, Pink News. Republican sobs as she claims LGBTQ plus activists are training children to use butt plugs and dildos. Erin Mazzoni, who reportedly works for the campaign of Franklin, Tennessee Republican mayoral candidate Gabriel Hansen, alleged that children are being given sex toys. By LGBTQ plus activists, she was sobbing, like yeah. holding back tears, giving this speech. Is she uh faking it? Is she just trying to be our upsetero? Or do you think she really thinks that this is the
1: thing that happens? I think she might actually believe it. That I, I feel A true like true upsetero. Yeah, I feel like there's two there's two kind of strains. Uh, one is the grifter yes. who makes this happen, and the other one is the griftee, the the who what believes you, it. What, Who do believes you, it what do you call it, it in, a, in a con? There's the, the target of the con. The mark. The mark,
0: yeah. The the way I see it is with uh, racism, because we have Perosuomalas, a racist party right. in government. So they're about 50-50. I've been talking with politicians, know them. Yeah. They're about 50-50... 9 to 5 Nazis and 24-7 Nazis. So the 9 to 5 Nazis are just in it for the con. Like you get to be a politician, you get money, you get power. But the 24-7 Nazis are. So you think there are 9 to 5 homophobes and uh, so. Absolutely. But you think she might be a real believer, a true upsetero.
1: I'd have to watch her cry a few more times. (laughs) <laughs> to find out I have to see some of her other hijinks. I mean she says like I love this. It started out as pride coming in and I thought everything would be okay. It ended with a rainbow room where 8 to 12 year old kids were given butt plugs and dildos and trained. I what? mean well frankly look, you can't just give butt plugs and dildos to kids and not train them, right? S- certainly. <laughs> like where does she get this? I mean it's either because it's either been made up by her. Because yeah. she's trying to get somewhere with this. That would be the grift. That That's the grift. Or somehow the conspiracy activity in her Facebook feed has gotten to the point where she genuinely thinks this is happening.
0: So a new slur is groomer. Oh, yeah. So the LGBT people are being blamed to be groomers just for existing. Yeah. What is groomer? Like, well, well What does, does the slur mean?
1: Well, the groomer... It, it's the same thing as comes back from all of the stuff that's happening, especially with trans people now. That is a repetition of the gay panic of the '80s and '90s. Back then, it, it was put out into the media that queer people are pedophiles, and that's why they can't be like that's why they can't be in public space. And now the idea is the reason why there are so many young people who are queer, and there are so many young people who are trans. Is because all of the older queer people are actively searching out children so that we can turn them queer, to turn them against their parents, to make them into leftist communists, and to destroy the American way of life.
0: So this debate of nature and nurture, these people are claiming that gayness is uh, nurture. That no one is born gay; they're just uh, learned
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Which is insane. It's the pervert. It's the pervert argument but there's i mean there's a more sinister side to this which i i really do fully believe which is that here's the thing it's no longer okay socially to beat up a queer person
0: no but it was in the 90s or it, 80, yeah
1: right? yeah it was i mean there, there was the thing the gay panic defense, yes. which was that if you murdered a gay person because you panicked because they were coming on to you and you felt uh, threatened and uh, enraged and you accidentally murdered them that was somehow being put forward as a legitimate uh, defense
0: for leniency. Yeah. Leniency.
1: Really? So uh, that uh, you would get a lenient sentence. Oh my god. So it's not like that anymore and it's not it's not acceptable to go around beating up queer people and it's also it's very known that this is not an okay thing to do, which is a great thing to at least happen. However, do you know who it's always okay to murder? Who? Pedophiles. Ah, I see, I see. So, by linking queerness with pedophilia, you always retain the excuse for violence. I see what these motherfuckers are doing. I genuinely think this is what's happening. That explains it.
0: Since There's no... uh, If... I was to put up a Mm counter-argument to our upsetero. Yeah. It would be this person on TikTok, like this uh, woman uh, lawyer. I don't remember where. I've seen her. Yeah. Every single week, Mm -hmm. she lists the pedophile and the sex offender because she is a lawyer. Yeah. So every single week, she lists... The pedophiles and the sex offenders and the n- whatever. The the, new, the, cases. The, the new cases. New yeah. cases. New cases. And it's never, ever, 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 ever trans people. And it's almost always like youth pastors.
1: Yes. It's never a drag queen.
0: No, it's yeah. never a drag queen, but it's pretty much just a youth pastor and church official. And uh, so that would be my counter argument to this. Yeah. And my slightly less serious counter argument was that if you can't figure out how the He Man doll is a sex toy, <laughs> You lack imagination. Oh, oh. You seriously lack imagination. Better go into construction or something. Leave the arts and scientists to the rest of us. That would be my final point on our upset
1: <laughs> He-Man is already a sex toy. The kids are way ahead of you. One of them is called <laughs> Fisto.
0: Like there's an yes! actual he If you can't figure out the other ones, mm. there's like a tutorial level. <laughs> Congratulations to Erin Mazzoni, our first ever Upsetro. Uh, stay mad. See you guys around, everyone who listens to this. Yeah, ciao. Ciao. Bye.